I'd like to begin by acknowledging one of the most significant days of the year. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. I'll admit there's a rather awkward convergence with Ash Wednesday this year, and perhaps difficult for those of us who appreciate things like nice candlelight dinners, giving and receiving flowers, or perhaps loads of candy, none of which really fits with the Ash Wednesday vibe. Of course, only the most austere among us avoid a party or two, even in Lent. I always remember being in New Orleans for Mardi Gras a few years ago, where at the stroke of midnight on the beginning of Ash Wednesday, all the bars closed down and the streets were hosed down with fire hoses. Of course, in a day, all the bars were open again and the city geared up for its next major feast, which is usually St. Patrick's Day. So in spite of obvious differences, I do think that Valentine's Day and Ash Wednesday are basically about the same phenomenon, love. Granted, the celebration of love of one's chosen Valentine exists in a very narrow band of romantic affection, and the celebration seems more secular than sacred. We all know how the commercialistic hype has taken over, as with so many of our holidays, throwing lots of money towards greeting card companies, florists, restaurants, and candy makers. Well, good for them. That's the capitalistic way. But it doesn't mean that it's at its root, the awareness of loving and being loved isn't vital. And relationships require a periodic marking and recognition of love, gratitude, and appreciation. You may not readily associate the word love with Ash Wednesday. We tend to experience this day as a rather gloomy affair, punctuated by the placement of ashes on the forehead, along with the acknowledgement that we are dust and will return to dust, or are issued the injunction to repent. This is not flowers and candy. Do any of us really need yet another reminder of the precarity of our lives and the humility that comes from the recognition of weakness and loss? I will admit, though, that there are times when a bit of solemnity and sober reflection are good for the soul. Ash Wednesday introduces a season with the invitation to align ourselves with a more honest reflectiveness a spirit to identify with the suffering Christ as the stories unfold in our scripture readings. The rituals of Lent are meant to call us away from our usual distractions and help us to regain focus. But what are we to focus on? I don't think it's about turning Lent into something like New Year's resolutions point two, where we once again become determined to eat and drink less, exercise more, and be nice to the people that we do not like, all of which may be worthy goals. I also don't think it's a time of crawling on our knees in recognition of our sinfulness, though it might be a great time for an honest reckoning with what needs to be addressed in our lives. 
It certainly is not a time to try to regain God's acceptance and approval. That boat has sailed. We are loved even as sinners, we are told in so many ways. But we may need to be reawakened to that truth. The season of Lent offers us many ways to break out of our routine, ways of thinking and refocusing our priorities, but all of this means very little unless it is engaged by our attentiveness to love and justice, which are at the core of the whole project. As we heard in Isaiah, is not this the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of injustice to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindication shall go before you. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. To say the least, Jesus is decidedly cool on the performance of public rituals, displays of religious piety oriented towards a certain kind of social conformity and approbation. Religious ritual means nothing unless it is transparently linked with the sense of being lovers of God. Don't mistake the form for the substance. Don't forget that love more often shows itself most profoundly through actions rather than words. Because we are loved, we do have some work to do. So perhaps we might make love our Lenten discipline. Loving can seem so simplistic. Sometimes it gracefully flows like water, but sometimes it involves a lot of hard work. In all of this, I believe that Lent invites us to a Trinitarian dance of love, love of God, love of neighbors, and love of ourselves. Sometimes that last part seems most difficult. But like a three-legged stool, it only works if each is equal and is bound together. In this way, we might have an experience of finding God in our lives and in the world and that is an act of falling in love. Once we do so, it makes all the difference. A few years ago, I encountered the following poem entitled, Falling in Love. Nothing is more practical than finding God, than falling in love in a quite absolute final way. What you are in love with, what seizes your imagination, will affect everything. It will decide what, you, what will get you out of bed in the morning, 
what you will do with your evenings, how you spend your weekends, what you read, whom you know, and what breaks your heart, and what amazes you with joy and gratitude. Fall in love, stay in love, and it will decide everything. This is what Lent is about, inviting us to fall in love again, recognizing that love is not merely a sentiment, but an activating force. And it orients us to God, no matter how conscious we are of that. So let yourself be grateful for love this day, the love that embraces you, the love you have to give, and the love of God who holds us in that holy embrace of delighted joy.